because a thought that's the funny thing is it's a it's a it's a kind of like you take it like a picture in the moment mm. but it can change it's like an opinion a thought feels very strong in that moment you are like 100% behind it. you're like this is exactly how I feel this is exactly what I'm thinking but then if you look later like a day later two days later three days later you're like Maybe my opinion changed because... Welcome everyone to Life with Lisa podcast. Our mission at Life with Lisa is to share people's stories and the challenges that they have overcome so that those who are listening in can get the strength, the courage and the hope to be their better selves. Today we have a very special guest. She is a practicing psychologist specializing in anxiety and trauma. She's also a founder of a company which is called Biuma, which is basically a therapy in a box. Caroline, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Thank you. Such a pleasure. And I think this topic is just so, so relevant these days. And I would like to start our conversation with how did you get into psychology and especially specializing in anxiety and in trauma? Mm -hmm. So I'm a psychologist already for, for 10 years, <laughs> so like a decade by now. But I got quite early into psychology, like as a young teenager already, I was always curious about the story, let's say, behind people. So what's behind the curtain, so to speak. So I always had that natural tendency of asking myself, how did it come like the person ended up being like this? Or if someone was quirky or different, I was like, how? How is it possible? So I had always a natural curiosity. And it kind of like um, one event in my life, um, my mother is a very warm and welcoming person, and I always admired her. She's my, my, my biggest role model. And she she had always this helping hand, no matter what it was. And one time there was a homeless person. Uh, it was a setup in our school, and it was actually more meant to be fun, but it was a homeless person as an actor in front of our school, and they filmed it all, and he was lying on front of the parking lot. And everyone was walking by, and then my mother, she worked in my school. Um, she was also on the tape, and then she brought him tea and um, invited him into the into the cafeteria. And I was like so blown away by this moment. I know this was for me a key moment of my life where I was like, I want to be a bit like that. So how can I be like that, but with a profession, sort of like helping people? It was like this, everyone in my school, when they saw it, it was like 2,000 kids, they were like applauding. And I was like, that was like such a moment of pride for my mother of like, that was such a human act of like kindness. And then being a psychologist was just kind of like based on my own curiosity, but also what I admired so much, just really made, made common, it was kind of like common sense to go down that road. And why exactly into anxiety and trauma in that area? Mm -hmm. So um, when I started, I, I, I was, I'm educated in the UK, so I, like, I studied and lived there for, for six years. And then I started my first job in Switzerland. I worked in the emergency um, section of like a psychiatry for quite a while. And I've, I've seen, let's say, a lot. But one thing that stuck with me was like people who, who had anxiety, uh, depression, and been traumatized because a lot of things were not their fault. It's not like, I mean, a lot of mental health issues are not people's fault. It's, it's not about that. It's more like I, I had a, a natural curiosity to it. How can you help? What can you do? I'm very solution oriented and practical, let's say. But it came like to that really like specializing part when I had my, myself a, a very traumatic event in my life. Mm. It, I mean, it's one thing being a psychologist, and I think you can train yourself to, to a lot of extent and you can empathize, and we're we all we're experts in it because we're doing it every day. We, we, we educate, we talk to people, but what you experience yourself, it's then you also go like the extra mile, let's say, you even venture more out. So I, I had this traumatic event, and even though I knew, for example, when you have a traumatic event, you know that down the road, six months later, three months later, depends on, on the person a little bit, but you have a lot of um, the symptoms of PTSD are also anxiety, depression, can be suicidal thoughts. And I was mentally, let's say, in a logical way, kind of prepared. Being a psychologist, I knew what would happen. I was like, okay, this is 
how your brain works being prepared, but I, uh, it was only on paper. When you are in the reality of it, you, it ne you never would expect it would hit you so hard. So having been working as a psychologist for a while then already, I was like, wow, I, I, I could empathize already then how people would feel and it could help, but I never experienced it like this heavy, this real, this dark, let's say, this, this scary also. It's like when you have a panic attack, whoever out there had like a panic attack, they can relate. It feels like for some, for me, it felt like I would fly off the handle. I would, uh, to some, some extent, I would feel like I was dying. Um, the depression you experience is like, it's, it's, it feels like a heavy cloud that is just weighing you down. Like at the day ahead of you, it seems like there's, there's no way you would manage the simple things anymore. And it, it, when you've never experienced this really, then it, it, it feels like you, you, you cannot grab it really, even if someone explains it into the details of it. And, and that's the same with a traumatic experience. There's so many people who have had, there's so many different forms of trauma. There's like the physical trauma, the trauma of seeing an event, that's what's happening at this moment, unfortunately, like a lot of people seeing things that are happening and that's, that causes them trauma, but it's also that there's psychological trauma through, let's say, narcissistic abuse that's ongoing for a very long time, childhood trauma that you drag with yourself, but it causes a lot of people later on, especially in the, let's say, 20s or early 30s, then the issues rise up and you struggle. So it became like my personal thing, in a way, but my own problem that was so sort of center of my life how do I deal with my own trauma what do I do um how do I tackle the anxiety daily waking up in the morning already flattery feeling nervous feeling unsafe I think these are feelings that a lot of people can relate to and obviously I I had this 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 will in in my mind I knew of course um yeah it is a phase but in those moments, telling yourself, well, it's just a phase, it, it, yeah, you also have to actively do something to make that phase go away. And that's the challenging part that, that I then really understood. And so I did that. I have, a, I have a young child and he was my, let's say, giving me the power or the energy or the, the willpower to move on, to go and do things. So I had to go beyond what I knew as a psychologist, a fighting a thought with a thought sounds easy. It's like, yeah, but it is whoever experienced also negative thoughts. They are real. They are loud. Do you hear them inside of you like it's your own voice? But fighting those, those thoughts with another thought is just replacing them is nearly impossible. And that's what I realized there and then myself. And that gave me that idea or like that, let's say the purpose of strongly wanting to see what's, what's out there, what can I do? So I explored for, for quite a while and I talked to people who I was a little bit, let's say, fortunate. I got, came across a lot of interesting people. So I, I literally looked into like top athletes like, for example, from the German national team or something, and asked them, like, had a phone call with them. And, and said, hey, what do you do in, like, anxiety moments, let's say, narrowing it down to stress in general? And I got their feedback. I, I went out to, to, to other people, like, you know, like from a yoga teacher to mindfulness teacher. I spoke to, to colleagues of mine, like, all across the fields, like, neurologists, really just to understand... First of all, like, what can you do with, from the brain's point of view, but also how can you work with your mind? But also what can you do? What do people do who naturally tend to be calm? Um, sort of you feel like they appear to you very zen, very happy. And what does that mean to other people? So I, again, with a, with a sense of curiosity. And I gathered over time all of those let's say, suggestions, tools, um, 
everything they have mentioned to me in combination with what I knew myself from the cognitive behavioral therapy that I, I'm more specialized in to um, any, any other approach that I could literally find that I thought was helpful for my situation, dealing, let's say, focusing mostly on anxiety, the internal stress, the, the lack of sleep that comes with it, that overthinking tendency, that feeling unsafe, the, the, the nervousness, and also the, the, the nervousness, let's say, around people, that feeling judged suddenly. It, it's like a wave that hits you. And all of those things I wanted to, like for myself, uh, sort of gather, which I naturally did. And of course, in a, in a, in a way, I also thought, okay, it works with me, for me. Um, and I noticed it after a while. I was like, okay, that really works for me. I'm a, I'm a very practical, solution-oriented person. I like to see things. I'm visual. Um, these simple things, simple things do work. And I shared them with my own patients in my own clinic. I was like, okay, look, I have this here. How does it work for you? Um, so let's say over time we created together, I'm not taking the whole uh, credit for it. Um, it's more like me and my anxiety and, you know, like trauma patients, we created something together. We created that, what I then called in the end, my, my own toolkit per se, that I always wanted and yeah. that really helped me. And, and I wanted and, to say, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, please you do <laughs> I was saying that, you know, listen to the whole story and there is this beautiful quote by Jay Shetty and he is saying that, you know, we have to go through this breaking points in our lives and isn't it interesting how exactly our breaking points as after that we can use them for others to help others have breakthroughs. Yeah. So, you know, you can have, as you were mentioning, you had so much theory and knowledge and expertise but only once you actually experienced it yourself you became even so much more helpful to people who are dealing with it because you yourself knew how it feels and how you know somebody when just somebody would even tell you this is just a phase or you should do this how it's not necessarily helpful or not necessarily can work but actually have having developed this toolkit based on your own experience based on your own uh, problems that you went through and found a solution now you can reach out and help some so many more people yeah it was like for me obviously i did not start with that intention i was more like venturing out what's what helps me and then with my own let's say patience but after i've done this 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 is literally it's a journey of like developing and like figuring things out it's it's, it's a long time span i'm slowing it down to to something but um then I realized I was in, I was literally, I'm sorry for sharing this, but I was under the shower. And one time I was like, that was the moment of like, I was so happy. I was like, um, I overcame this. I managed, I was also proud of myself, to be honest. I was like, wow, you know, like you came far from, it was not financially, nothing like this. It was really just internally. That's, it was like, you came from rock bottom and that's what it was to being happy you're enjoying this moment right now you and then i was like i want to help others for me it was like it made so much sense in that moment i was like that what i always wanted also with my own clients i always wanted to when they sat with me and obviously i could not share in the first session everything that i knew it's not like that there's not, not the time for it but everyone who knows like the, the systems around the world how it is when you want to see a psychologist you wait sometimes six months and having experienced it myself for me that the, the common sense is like no one should even wait a day because a day with anxiety is long but let's look into two days a week a month then six months seems like hell yeah and it worsens the symptoms so for me was the the mission was i want to empower you to help yourself but with mm -hmm. things that helped me and, and other, obviously, anxiety and stress and, and you know, depressed clients. But 
it's more like that I wanted to gather this and hand this and now I have it. So, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so for everyone who's listening, we're referring to the BUMA box, which is yeah. basically the, the one I was referring earlier as therapy um, in a box. And just before we jump there, I wanted to ask, because you said, you know, sitting with symptoms of anxiety and everything that it has on your life, even for a day, two days, a week is very, very bad for you. So what are, how would you define an anxiety and also... Because I, I feel like there are more um, signs that mo most people say, yes, you have an anxiety, but there are also some more subtle signs of an anxiety. So how can someone even know that they're having anxiety or some traumatic experience? And mm -hmm. what are the physical, mental signs, uh, symptoms that we can look at? So the, the anxiety and trauma are different in a way, but I'm going to go first with the anxiety. Um, there's obviously stress and there's anxiety so stress is something we all experience is also healthy and good to have um can be related to your studies you're stressed about it or if you have like a let's say speech presentation that is also a lot of people refer there then oh, i'm having anxiety no that's normal you're just nervous you know that's normal we all would be and maybe some people are to some extent more nervous than others um but that goes away that is uh let's say a moment can be also day before you know that, that is that's just different for every person, but that's not anxiety. Anxiety is something deeper, something longer, like we're talking about like, let's say three months, six months or lifelong, you know, that's, that's what anxiety is. And it's a feeling of stress. So there are different, obviously also different forms of anxiety. Some people are more around anxious when they're around people. So that means they, Let's say they struggle going to the supermarket. That's maybe the, a very common thing because there's a lot of people. You, you're in a more smaller space around people. It's a, it, they, they, they tend to avoid this. They especially tend to avoid, let's say, the, the rush hour in the supermarket or going to the tube. Or, so if you start avoiding crowded places a lot and you feel like, let's say, when you are in crowded places or when you meet a bigger group or something you start feeling not just nervous but literally scared you're flattery you cannot focus you become even sweaty like palms or you know just in general some people experience also cold sweat it's just dripping even though it's warm cold whatever but that's anxiety that's like oh you need to go to the toilet suddenly you know it's like that you know peeing a lot or um sorry like diarrhea you know these sort of things that is just that's anxiety. It's long-lasting. It's a, most of the time occurring around a similar event, depending on what kind of anxiety. It's also just a general anxiety, so everything is just a struggle. Um, but it goes also hand-in-hand hand with a lot of negative thoughts, let's say, about yourself. Um, the fear of being judged, the fear of, of not being good enough. Um, so um, let's say everything is with a negative angle towards yourself and that is that is that is causing you then that anxiety because you you become like you know like it, it's like it feels like a little bit like butterflies but not the good ones that's mm -hmm. how it feels inside of you or like this choking feeling these these are symptoms of of anxiety but let's let's please be honest looking into longer like three months six months or lifelong sort of thing that's anxiety yeah. And are there types that are more common from your experience with dealing or with um, working with different patients? Is there, a, what, if there is any type of anxiety, which is the most common anxiety? For the, the most common, it's very, very, I mean, for me, I see very, I, I see to, through a different glass, right? So it's, mm. and obviously I only see people who have, let's say, anxiety. So um, I could not say there is one particular anxiety that's more than others, but um, probably the generalized anxiety and social anxiety are quite, like, if you had a top list, like, mm. let's say the top two. But the, these are, like, things like generalized anxiety can be also around, like, let's say, events in life, like the news, things that happened recently, you know, like, when they read the news, they're like, the world is bad, which might yeah. be true, but you, you might know it's yourself, like, if you look at the news, and if you then you become, some people become obsessive over it, but it causes you every time like pain, stress, nervous, you cannot sleep anymore, you cannot stop thinking about it, cannot let it go. 
that is that is something that that is an anxiety let's say not habit but a, a form of anxiety definitely and also you know now as you were just saying this um I just thought of myself in the first seven days, you know, when uh, like this horrible event started happening in the world and I was like obsessively checking the news and then, you know, like you kind of start continuously just checking, checking them and you kind of get, like you cannot even stop checking them and exactly all of this effect that you were just saying, you, you struggle to fall asleep, you have these negative thoughts that pop in your mind and I was just so shocked on how it can affect your daily life. And um, I can I cannot even imagine if you are in that state for like three months or six months or a year, what kind of effects you have then on your phys physical health, on your mental health, you know, the continuous, continuously being in this stress slash anxiety cycle. So do you know what are the effects on long term anxiety on our bodies and on our minds? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's always very different from person to person, but from what I have seen in people, or also, let's say, from myself, but um, first of all, people with anxiety tend to cope in front of people very well. So it, they, they, they can appear, like it's like a bit like a mask, and also they feel like wearing that. So it's like they go out and they put on their mask, and then they're just not necessarily themselves. So, or they are chameleons. A lot of people mm -hmm. with anxiety are chameleons, based on the situation it's also a little bit of a people pleasing thing a habit it's just a habit it's not them and it's just what they learned but it's it's that's the way of coping just making sure i'm avoiding conflict i'm avoiding people I'm, that, so it becomes an internal problem that that a lot of people live with for decades mm. and then it comes up and that the problem is what they experience and what they feel then is that long life stress can cause you physical problems from like back pain to a lot of other like like other literally physical problems like skin problems rashes you there's a lot of long list of like things that you could deal like deal with but also the sleep problems um things like this it is it's yeah. a very very long list of, of what you do but they are very and that's the problem in a in a way with anxiety, you can obviously live with it. A lot of people are like high functioning, full, full of anxiety, but um, it is a, it's an internal, also slave driver. It drives you mm -hmm. into a lot of people, high performers, and you would never know. You would be like, wow, they're so successful. But actually deep down, they struggle so much with anxiety because they kind of push themselves so hard mm -hmm. into never getting rest. Mm -hmm. And then it, comes like with a wave of a burnout and but they've dealt with the anxiety for let's say like 20 years and mm -hmm. then just then they hit let's say their work bar. so that's yeah. that's that's how anxiety is so it's like it's it is possible to function with it very well but a lot of people hit at some point something then it escalates then it escalates into panic and they they they, they deal with daily panic attacks or weekly or you know these sort of things or burnout so it goes also then eventually into different directions. It's so interesting how everything is very interconnected. You know, something that you have going on in your mind also affects your physical body. And then, you know, also like then something that happens in your physical body affects your mind as well. And it's yeah. like this cycle and everything is so interconnected. That's why I'm not surprised that after, you know, you were saying there's a long list of physical effects that you can get after having anxiety for a long term of a uh, long time, even though it was mild, it just was happening in the background until you get to this um, burnout point or something actually happens. And I was wondering how do, because of course people can go to therapy and start dealing um, or like discussing anxiety, but if someone wants to take the first steps now already to break out of the anxiety cycle, is there something they can do already like today after watching this interview that they, at least they start going in the right direction? The, the, the first thing that I always say to um, to people in general, also with friends that I know or something, is what, yes, a lot you can do yourself. It's more like just you need to know what. So first thing you can do is track your thoughts. Take a, a notebook, something like this. Write down at least one thought every time when you 
are have that feeling of anxious or stress or something, write it down. Don't do anything with it. Try, try this for a whole week. And then you will see eventually, is it the same thought? What is it? Or is it shifting? Something like this. But you can make out of, when you write down your thoughts, you get also different perspective on things. Let's say, sorry. It's like if you have a personal, my cat <laughs> decided to jump. Um, oh, that, that was beautiful. <laughs> We're keeping it, where we're keeping the episode. Um, so you, you just track your thoughts and you write them down. Like literally, sorry, my cat is just annoying. <laughs> and you, you, you can't, when you, when you see your thoughts, and that's also the thing with writing, that's why, why it might be humor, books and also the, the, the books, but also the journal is physical. Writing things down manually by with your own hands in your own handwriting has a different effect in your brain but also literally looking into it like later on you know it maybe from your personal diary when you were like a teenager or you know something that you look at it and you're like hmm, what are, what was i thinking then <laughs> you know or you're surprised you're like okay that's an interesting perspective i had then but the same thing is with your thought because a thought that's the funny thing is it's a, it's a, it's a kind of like you take it like a picture in the moment, mm. but it can change. It's like an opinion. A thought feels very strong in that moment. You are like hundred percent behind it. You're like, this is exactly how I feel. This is exactly what I'm thinking. But then if you look later, like a day later, two days later, three days later, you're like, maybe my opinion changed because I have more, now more information or you can literally base it on facts. So it's called a fact check. So. You have your thought, and obviously in that in that moment you still believe it. So leave it. You cannot change so quickly. But two days later, a day later, you look back into it, and you look into like maybe it could be a situation like let's say I feel I'm not good enough for this, and I will fail. If you two days later look back, and you're like you base it on the fact because you've lived through the situation, you have dealt with it or not it doesn't really matter but you will have effect to it so is it true what i was thinking and the reality of it is that most of the time let's say 95 percent of the time the thought we had then the worst case scenario is not coming true and that is that where you see it visually and we need that we human beings we need physical proof we need visual proof otherwise it's not real to us and that's what you can create for yourself. You create that that factual, like that physical reality. Sort of, okay, no, that's not true. That's not what, what I was thinking there is not entirely true. Or this is not exactly how I felt then thereafter. And that is quite helpful. That's a good first step. I think in combination, I mean, I saw you do it, for example, you do meditate. That's also something very helpful. Not everyone can dive right into it but it can be just quite a, a nice start also to sit every day just for five minutes and it can feel extremely long in the beginning just in silence mm. five minutes silence because a lot of people with anxiety they tend to keep busy they keep mm. busy distracting distracting always something maybe background noise on maybe the radio on because they are also afraid subconsciously somewhere it's not that they consciously know but something keeps them always busy tv on so mm. consciously take five minutes in the day silence and and in the silence because m many people say to me for example when the most common argument towards why they cannot meditate is um, i cannot sit down with myself and have no thoughts it's not possible it's not working mm -hmm. um, i'm doing it wrong and I was wondering when you're suggesting to sit down just for five minutes in silence, what is there? Is there anything that the person should feel internally one, once uh, they sit down in silence, so that they know that have, they have done it successfully? The five minutes in silence, or is it just <laughs> yeah. sitting down in silence is already a success? The, the, first of all, sitting down in silence is already a success. I mean, we have to also always take baby steps. Will also bring you eventually to your goal. It's just you know it's. It, it's also managing your own expectations but it can be very helpful and it helped me a lot i always visualized and a highway 
And my thoughts are the cars. So like a highway is always busy, right? So it's the same with the thoughts. So they rush, they rush. And that's also normal. And it, it would be not wrong, but like, let's be honest, everyone who has negative thoughts, and we have 70 to 90,000 thoughts a day. And that is a lot. So this, this is a highway. And if you can start picturing yourself, and that's a little bit like the exercise that I also tend to use, is like picture first the highway. Just see the cars. You might even sit in one, you know, so it kind of like be like a fast ride. Um, but it, it, that's, that's, it can be very helpful. And try, not only trying, visually, you can close your eyes and you can say, I'm trying to step out of the car. And I'm sitting on the bench on the side of the highway. And you continuously try to, to tell yourself that. Eventually, it's a practice with a lot of other things, but eventually, you will be able to do this. You see visually, eventually open the car door, sit on the bench, and the, the, the cars are still rushing, but it does not affect you as much anymore because you're just like, okay, I know that. I know. It's like, yeah, but I know there are like 70 to 90,000 cars. And a lot of them are the same color because it's the same thought. So, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's, but it helps sort of like when you have something a bit more visual, something to guide yourself through. It's just, it's just, you have to start somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I, I think this was so beautiful. And this is also so true because I, I read somewhere that we have this 70 to 90,000 thoughts. And by the time we're 38 of them are exactly the same. So we are running on this program as if we're yeah. like programs, a computer program, but we don't even realize that it's happening. We only have like 5% of different thoughts every day. So yeah. it's, it's, it's so, so crazy. And you don't even realize until you start journaling or reading your own thoughts, what you're actually thinking and, uh, yeah, that's that's so true and so interesting. That's true, and it also goes same hand in hand with your habits. So your thoughts are connected to habits, and I also call it always like we have this program. It's like a domino effect, literally, and it goes down almost like every day the same way. So if your if your internal program is going down the same way, let's say every day, then you will also every day experience anxiety or a panic attack. Because the program is designed like inside of you this way. It just feels very real. And that's the, that's the challenging part. It feels very real because you, you personally feel connected to that program. It, it defines mm-hmm. your, let's say, personality. A lot of people say, well, I am this way. I'm just an anxious person. No, it's just because you've lived maybe like 10, 20, maybe no longer years like this. So eventually you hit a point in your life where it felt like this is you, probably in your childhood yes. or when you were a teenager. It's like, this is me. And then you just identify yourself with that same feeling. And even if it's a negative feeling, as long as it feels for you somewhat familiar, you will always tend to go back to it. And the challenging part is to, to override that program, and that's why you need to literally overwrite it. You need to become like aware of your thoughts, become aware of the habits, the things you're doing, even if they, they, you know, it's your program, but it feels real. It feels like normal, natural. But changing a habit is extremely painful for your brain because you change and rewire it. And, but, you know, stepping out of the normal, of the familiar, no matter how painful it is, even if it's traumatic or something, we always go back, ten, back to it because we somewhat relate to it. And that's what we need. So creating a new normal requires a lot of effort. And that's what I want to help with because you can actively do it yourself. And that's also what therapy yes. is. Therapy yes. is in, not enlightening you, but sharing experience, giving you insight so that you can help yourself. Yes. And you know what you were saying as well, that it's interesting how we as people, we will choose something that is familiar to us or even something that is better for us just because that familiar feels so much better, um, even though it's actually doing us harm. So even if, for example, you identify as an, I'm an anxious person and it's so familiar to you now. And then for one day you don't feel anxious. You're like, oh my God, this is so weird. 
I don't know, I'm not used to this and you can so easily fall back into your anxious self just because it's, as you said, it's familiar. And yeah. um, just as you mentioned, becoming aware of your thoughts through journaling or just sitting down for five minutes to meditate as a, is a great first step and that everyone can do. So let's also go to the therapy in a box, your BMA mm -hmm. box. Yeah. And um, I wanted I wanted to know what, because there are different things in the box, so could you please let us know what is the intention yeah. behind each of them and why yeah. uh, you have the So in the box, you find different, I always call them tools, <laughs> just um, because for me they are like tools for your mind. Um, first of all, obviously there's the, 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 the heart of it is, is and the core is, is the journal slash workbook and a few recipes. It's It's interactive and um, a combination of more of like different approaches. So I could say like, to make it simple, it's a holistic approach, but it's evidence-based. So also on, on therapeutical things inside um, from, 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 let's say, cognitive behavior therapy. Um, what you find is first, it's a bit like, a little bit like therapy, but more active, interactive. So it's like, first I share also information because information but easy to read. Eh? It's like not overwhelming with information and like a lot of like, you know, difficult words because no one who struggles with focus, especially when you're anxious, you, you don't want to read unnecessary things and you, the, the complexity of things is not necessary. So you need some information because information gives you a form of like understanding what's really going on. What's going on inside of me? What's really going on? And And then I also give like practical things to do. Like I'm just giving one example of because self-awareness is one thing, working with your thoughts and your habits and understanding what's going on inside of you. But it's also you need to practice certain things, like for example, self-love. But there's not the question of like, what is self-love or what is self-compassion? So because it's not like... Um, I treat myself with, let's say, a nice dress. That's also a form of self-love <laughs> or self-care, but it's not. It's like, it's, it's other things of like creating that, that connection within you, within yourself. Because a lot of people with anxiety, they have actually learned um, my boundaries. I don't have, I cannot have boundaries. So they kind of like neglect literally themselves. And this mm. is how they are because somewhere down the line they've learned can be through parents that's, that's again childhood trauma you know or through others or you know whatever happens environmentally they've learned i am not allowed to have boundaries mm. or speak up for myself or my needs are not met so what you need to practice is get in touch with yourself first mm -hmm. get to know yourself so there's a for example i'm giving a practical example a mirror exercise Normally, we always go into like makeup. I don't know, guys just maybe check their hair, you know. Um, that's it. That's, that's the mirror. Like, that's the mirror for us. We check how we look. Bye. The mirror can be used in a different way. It looks aside, doesn't matter. You focus on this little like section, only your eyes, and you start getting into a conversation with yourself. And it doesn't really matter what it is. It can start with like daily saying good morning to yourself or um, I'm proud of you today because you, you got up, you, you did this, I'm, I'm, you know, having this conversation and you and me, we have this conversation right now. So somewhere we're getting to know each other because I share something that, you know, my story and you share something of yourself and then, then we have a, a connection, a human connection, but we don't do this with ourselves. So what you start doing is you start forming that human connection with yourself, that friendship. Have you have a cup of tea with yourself in front of the mirror, even if it's two minutes. We tend not to do it because it's awkward, it's weird, and it feels like, why would I do this? But exactly why not? Because you need to start forming that connection with yourself. So that's one exercise out of many in there that are related to self-love. It's also the, the topic of creating boundaries for yourself and um, self-worth, definitely self-awareness. Where do I want to go even, you know, sort of that's the part of the workbook with. Yes. I just wanted to, mm -hmm. I just wanted to say about the mirror exercise for everyone who feels super weird to do it. I I've done it 
I think I started doing it. Um, so in my house back in Kiev, because now I live in Amsterdam, but I grew up in Kiev, I have a huge mirror in my room. Oh, so wow. when I was like 12 or something, you know, I started because it's just there. So I would start like talking to myself in the mirror and it was so cool. And, um, you know, I'm just not afraid to act weird or to share my weird things, but it was just so helpful to have this conversation with myself. I don't know. It's just like you get to know you and also you get to know yourself as you change. You're like, oh, that's interesting. You know, I didn't know that now you care about this or, oh, I didn't know that that hurt you. I didn't expect that. And it's so interesting to get to know you. And actually, you know, sometimes you can like just look in the mirror or smile at yourself or say something nice to you, yourself. And also sometimes you can share something with yourself that you would not share with others. And you can even like cry, you know, like looking in the mirror and it's all fine. You know, like don't feel that it's weird. If it helps, you just do it. That's so beautiful that you do this. That is, and also you put it so nicely. You can even <laughs> cry and you get to know yourself. You get to also be the pure you with also, let's say, honest words about yourself about situations and it's like whoa you know but exactly avoid it and it's saying it out loud like you do that's like that's amazing I, uh, wow <laughs> <laughs> just happened to be that i had a big mirror in my room <laughs> <laughs> but all the mirror companies will be happy now <laughs> so. Let's, so, let's go the, back to the box so we have yeah. the journal yeah with so lots of exercises yes and for example, there's also a support plan, like for people, especially people with, with anxiety attacks or panic attacks, so that they can guide themselves through it. Or you, I have also, because I obviously literally use myself a lot of journals, and I always was wondering, like, I, I lack something. So I wanted to give that visual part. I'm very visual. So I have QR codes there you can scan. And they're literally also breathing exercises. Like, for example, the Navy SEALs, they use a certain technique to breathe. It's like um, like a four-box sort of breathing techniques. But they need to calm themselves down. They're in an extremely situation. They cannot say, like, I need 10 minutes. They don't have 10 minutes. So I took that exercise and formed it into breathing exercise. So you can scan it on the go, wherever you are. You scan it, you're like... Take two seconds, two minutes, you know, and just breathe through it. My two seconds is too, too short, of course, but like take at least like a minute and follow this breathing exercise. But with a visual and breathing, you help yourself faster. So anything that's visual, you help yourself. And that's why it's a very interactive workbook. And then the journal book is like made for like a month of like journaling. So you can really lay it out. You can track your sleep, you track your mood, you track your habits and things you actively want to change. So it's, it's very much like straight to the point of like getting to know yourself, becoming more aware of yourself. It's a very honest, but also confrontational approach, but this is the most effective way how it helped me and also helped obviously others. And that's the journal. Then Nutrition is something that was also obviously part of, 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 of something that's important for, for everyone. I also find that it, a lot of people with anxiety, for example, lack nutrition, like iron. Always good to check your iron deficiency, especially for the girls. Um, it's, it's something that I noticed, so um, check it. But it's also in, in a supplement, for example, in, in my box. I made a supplement because sleep is an issue uh, when you have overthinking tendency anxiety etc etc so it's something that i wanted to create for myself actually um to help myself it's so magnesium it's like um, valerian inside but also iron and it helps just to kind of relax yourself um, and get get into a good deep sleep and a good night's rest that was that's important um so you find that also i did uh, created that with a uh, pharmaceutical company in germany um, so it's also fully uh, proof tested, licensed, and so on. So it's not something I mixed myself. <laughs> I think that's important. So in your backyard, you so know, just so don't worry about it. It's fully. Um, I'm happy to, to share any any information or any, anyone can come to my account, ask me questions. <laughs> I always answer the DMs, <laughs> share official license, and, and so on. Um, you find also in the box a calming tea. Uh, again, I created that with a tea company together based on, on my personal needs. But um, I also find that working with your senses 
in general and and the whole kind of like time for myself and i i connected to a cup of tea um that always takes a cup of tea to relax so it's like it's let's say seven minutes but if you work with your senses and you find that again the, the, the tea is connected to the to the journal to the to a video actually where i show you how to do it so you work with the senses and it's a very good grounding technique that worked for a lot of clients of mine but also for myself i love that it's just something you can easily implement into your daily life and it helps helps also to prevent a lot because a lot of people don't have time for themselves or they don't want to meditate per se so then I say, hey, but who doesn't have time for a cup of tea? <laughs> so if you make it as a daily routine throughout the day somewhere, you will find these seven minutes for a cup of tea. And if you then practice on a daily basis, that simple routine of like, I breathe, I taste, I've touched my, my cup, and maybe have like a beautiful cup that you can touch or has like, I don't know, a weird handle, just feel and work with those senses. It prevents mm. a lot of things like anxiety, you know, like coming even up or the mm. internal stress, but it also helps you to ground yourself. Mm. So that's why the tea is, is in there. It's kind of like me time, time for myself, but also a very good way of grounding yourself in combination with the aroma that comes from the tea because there is lavender inside and like a good of nice like organic herbs, which I love. They also have the... the, the effects in on you in a way and there's also a roll oil roll-on it's I, I personally like it on the go because like people with with when they struggle with anxiety or something um i think everyone who has been on the tube or on a train and had an anxiety there can relate um you feel like you would like to get out now um i always say like then take the roll-on <laughs> because mm. In that moment, when you start, like, just, it's something no one around you would be like, that's weird, it's not weird. And especially when you're in that, that, that loop, you feel like, I'm, I don't want to be judged. I don't want people to see what I'm struggling with. So you just put a little bit of the royal oil, um, the roll-on oil. It's called Relax On. And you put it on a pulse point. If you're on the go, put it here somewhere, and you just smell it and you just you know take a breathing exercise with it it will totally change like your train ride <laughs> let's say things like this because um you immediately kind of calm down a little bit more because you're busy with something else but also again the aromatherapy helps you working with the senses again like to to ground yourself to help yourself it's also something you can really I love also under the shower, you just put a little bit of roll on because of the steam in the shower. If you then put it over your hand, it is like a little bit aromatherapy right in the morning and gives you not the kickstart because that would be the wrong word. It gives you the sense of calm and that becomes a red line throughout the day. So the way you start your morning, it becomes literally that's why also morning routine is a topic here. It becomes your red line and then eventually it becomes your habit. It's just, mm. if you do it more often, it becomes head. Mm. Um, so back to the tools, there's another thing, uh, a stress pen. Um, sounds weird, but it looks actually quite nice. <laughs> um, because, <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Thanks for Because it is a magical thing to me. It's like when you're stressed and you're like, for example, when I was at work or a lot of people are in university or um, in, in the office and then they're like, like, I don't know what to do with my stress. And one thing for sure is when you have stress, what do you do? You take it out on your pullover or your clothes, you know, you fidget with them or your hair, but it can also go in other extremes. It can to be like to start harming yourself. So the, I, I had a lot of people who started hurting themselves because stress needs to go somewhere. It is in your body. It's not just in your mind. So the release needs to go somewhere. And if you have that stress pain, which... It doesn't look like a stress ball, you know, that was also important to me. It looks kind of nice. You can hold it even while you have a presentation or something, but you can literally bend it. You can work with it, you can do things with it. And then you have that stress outlet you need. So you immediately take that edge a little bit off. And yeah, that that's that was the purpose behind the stress pen. Like 
it, it takes that edge off and you can help yourself staying grounded, you know? Yes, yes. And actually, I wanted to say just for full disclosure for everyone who is watching, Caroline gifted me a box, but I could feel the how thought through the whole box is, how well designed. And, you know, she basically put her heart into it. So that's why I also wanted, you know, to have this interview with Caroline so that she can say what was exactly the intention because intention behind so many different parts of this box and you know now you can hear that her personal story and why he act she actually started you know when going to this ecology and i think everyone now feels the love and also there are steps that you can take even if you don't have the box if you have the opportunity you can get the box but you know i think all of us feel how much you care actually about the people and how much you want to help people Thank and you. Uh, i think it's just so so beautiful and just wow you know like does that imagine just for everyone who's listening imagine reaching out to a tea company and asking to create their own tea, like your own tea and then reaching out to the pharmaceutical company <laughs> and creating the um the supplements or reaching out to, to somebody who can create this pen it, it's so beautiful it took so much work and effort and i knew that you had a strong why you know to persevere and to actually make this uh, therapy in a box um, toolkit to basically to have this toolkit for self-help self-help thank you lisa like i really appreciate it that i could can be on your show it's like one thing that's important i have obviously the books but also the journal is separate you can get it so it's like it, everyone can choose or test it first you know but one thing for yes. sure like everyone can come to my account and i mean it like if you struggle don't struggle alone i happily share i'm like it's no secret like if someone has like one some more tips or something, I happily share them. Just send me a DM or you know a message, yes. and I will really reply. That's a great question. So where can people reach out to you? Where can they find you? What's your um, page where they can find you and also find the box? So the, the people can obviously reach out to me. It's like on Instagram, so it's like Caroline Middlestorf. <laughs> um, difficult name, but um, maybe you can put it somewhere. And then you find me on Instagram and can always DM me. And like I said, I literally always reply. Um, when I see your message, I will not forget about it. And I share happily more tips and tricks. Um, and if, you, if you're interested in the box or in the journal, um, then you just go on uh, www.biuma.com. And there you find it. Um, my apologies right now, the website is still only in German. Um, I'm manually translating <laughs> everything myself, so it takes a little bit time. But I want to say that the box and the, the journal and everything is in English and German. So there is like for everyone, like something. So you don't need to be afraid that you get like a German um, book and you cannot read it now. It's, it's, it's in English um, as well. <laughs> Thank you so much. And the last question that I wanted to ask you would be if you could go back in time and go back to yourself when you were struggling with or start struggling or you had that traumatic experience, what would you say? What advice would you give to that younger self of yours? What would I say? That's a very, very good question. I would say you had to go through this, but where there's dark, there's always light. And deep down, you always knew that there's light at the end of the tunnel. So not giving up is exactly the way to go. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much, Caroline, for everything that you shared, for coming to the show. It's so beautiful. Please go check out her page, check out, um, she shares, lots of different tips and also check out the box or the journal if you're interested it's amazing thank you thank, thank you. you so much again thank you lisa i appreciate it and thank you for having me on the show really happy wow. of course